interrupt this program to bring you... Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Real Guys Live, the series where we talk about all your favorite movies, TV shows, all the news, and everything you need to know. Joining me today, the greatest minds of the Real Movie Guys universe, we have Adam. Say hi, Adam. Hello. And we have John. Hello. And last but not least, Julie. Hi everyone. Well guys, another episode, right now we're hitting on episode four of our series. Didn't think we'd make it this far, so that's always a plus, I think. (laughs) <laughs> everyone seems to be liking it you guys will be seem to be interacting with it so that's kind of cool you know it's nice to see at least some kind of interest because some somebody cares about what we have to say about movies and stuff so again always heartwarming always nice what i want to ask guys my favorite question you know what i'm going to ask you what are we watching what are you telling everybody out there that they should be watching maybe we shouldn't be watching what's going on john how about you let's start with you i don't usually pick on you first let's, let's go for it what are you watching well, this past week I've been watching The Godfather. Okay. One, two, and three. Nice. Because it's the 50th. 50 years ago it came out, I think. Something like that. Right. And there was a new 4K release, right? There was a physical release for The Godfather. Yeah, the 4K was released and it looked really good. Okay. Now, go ahead. Yeah. One of those movies that I feel like everybody should watch at least once in their life. Definitely one of those interesting movies. I mean, yeah, The Godfather is a classic for a reason. It's, it's probably one of the greatest series ever made. You know, I mean, I f- sometimes I feel like we forget that in culture when we talk about other, like, sci-fi franchises. And, like, it's always, like, the Star Wars and the Lord of the Rings. I feel like those are, like, the two big ones everyone talks about. Godfather really is, like, one of the biggest, like, trilogies ever made. And people don't necessarily have that in the same conversation, at least in our, like, spectrum of conversation. I feel like it never leans that way. Now, my, yeah. my question for you... Did you watch the Coda release? I, I haven't seen that yet. That's a recut of The Godfather 3, right? Wasn't that included? I think. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I didn't get to that one yet. Okay, because that, that's what I'm most curious about. For those who don't know, The Godfather 3 is like considered the weakest of all the Godfather trilogy. Now, there's a third. There's a recut of the third movie called The Coda Cut, which was uh, Francis Ford Coppola recut the movie differently to the way he would have envisioned it now with like extra scenes that were added. I've heard nothing but good things. Um, it's kind of cool that we're seeing that kind of come back into society where a director can go back and re-release it. You know, I'm looking at you, Zack Snyder, with the Snyder cut. Um, also, uh, Sylvester Stallone did that with Rocky IV. He recut Rocky IV, cutting out the, the talking robot. Julie was really upset. I know she loved uh, Happy Birthday, Polly. <laughs> it's like the best part of the movie. Well, so some would uh, disagree with you on that, but uh, I, I don't know. I liked it. It's it's cheesy nostalgia for me. So you know, if you're gonna leave it in, w- whatever it is, what it is. But cool, John. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad you're you know enriching your cinematic adventure there. Anything else you've been watching? Any other shows or anything? Or just that's kind of taking up your time. That is a big investment. No, not really. I mean, pretty much that. And I've been watching. Um, They've had this new thing on WWE. It's like the villains or something like that. I think it's called WWE Evil, right? That was yes. like the big series. You know, it's funny. I kind of wanted to talk about that. We're not all wrestling fans, so it's it's not something we can't talk about. But there's a scene with the wrestler Randy Orton talks about how he gets into character, and for those who wonder like how wrestlers become actors, that's the scene that you need to see. He like amps himself with so much hatred, and like his personality changes. Like he's a different person. And you, yeah. you wonder how they have such an easy transition. Like uh, 
Dave Batista, John Cena, The Rock. Like you'd see how these people had such an easy transition into that limelight. It's easy to see why I think. Well, yeah, and it's also too interesting, like just to see the behind the works of these characters that they internally create, but then how it affects like their lives too. Like for the Miz, it was almost like he's got the Miz character, and then he's got himself who's Mike, and they're totally completely different people. Right. And it's just interesting to see how like they're able to sometimes bring this into and then in their real life there's something completely different but they live vicariously through this character yeah it's interesting i mean what is wrestling but another form of acting on a grander stage that's live it essentially is the same thing you know it's a man's soap opera for a reason that that's exactly what we've always called it and you know it's known as that but you know they, they bring something just just like any other actor i think that, you know they deserve credit not all of them are you know seasoned obviously but still fun still fun but cool john i'm glad you had something to recommend there uh adam how about you man what, what have you been watching well, uh, that one anime that I mentioned, I think the last time, uh, my dress up darling, it, right? The, uh, the season finale was yesterday, actually. So finished up that. Um, and then uh, movie wise, uh, I just watched Chronicle for the first time. Really? I've never seen that movie? Never yeah. seen that. Okay. No. What? Oh, was good. Yeah. That's good. I I enjoyed it. Um, and then uh, after we saw the trailer for the new Nicolas Cage movie. Oh my god. We decided to uh watch one of his lesser known movies. Okay. Called uh Pay the Ghost. Pay the Ghost. I have never heard of that movie. Tell me, tell me about that. I need to know. It's uh it's interesting. It's um about a uh there's a couple and then Nicolas Cage is the father and he ends up losing the son as he goes to a uh Halloween like carnival. Okay. And it turns out that there's this like ghost uh, I think they call a crone that's going around taking children every Halloween to, uh, you know, kind of make up for her children getting killed many, many years ago and stuff like that. So he has to go through this this gauntlet of trying to right. uh, try and get his child back and whatnot. Okay, that's, that sounds kind of cool. So what would you, is it like a B movie kind of thing? Like a, like yeah, a, yeah, like a, yeah. Like a, a Nick, was it a paycheck movie for Nicolas Cage or? Yeah, you know? that's, that's what it kind of seems like. I mean, you know, <laughs> CGI is kind of eh in the movie. And but you had a good time. I, I'm not hearing negative coming out of you with this movie. I don't know. I enjoy those kind of movies, <laughs> so I think it's fun. That's awesome. That's cool. You know, I, I like that a lot. Um, Nicolas Cage. When we we're gonna talk about that when we talk about the trailer because we actually mm-hmm. are gonna talk about the trailer in this video. So. Um, I think that's interesting, but Chronicle, I'm also very surprised that this is the first time you've actually seen it. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chronicle? I know a lot of people, I, I've seen like a lot of positivity over the years. I actually seem to see more negativity over that movie. Mm-hmm. I've personally was always really, I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. Um, I get a lot of really uh, big Ak- Akira vibes, Akira vibes from that movie, uh, right. especially towards the end when he's bugging out and they have like that whole scene. Uh, what did yeah. you think of it? Do you do you like how it used found footage in that in that instance? Or I think yeah, with that movie, it it worked. It really worked with that movie. I think that, and then towards the end, when they start doing like the whole um, the different angles from like other people's perspectives, right. I thought that was awesome. I think so too. It's also a good launch point for uh, Michael B. Jordan and Dane DeHaan, yeah. who are big actors right now. I mean, Michael B. Jordan, obviously, I I think you can make the argument the bigger of the two. Uh, Dane Dehan, yeah. I like Dane Dehan a lot. I think he gets a lot of crap roles. Uh, what was that? He was in that weird sci-fi movie. I can't remember what it was. Um, nope. 
Oh, it's gonna bother me. Sorry. Sorry. I can't remember the name, but it looked like he was like investigating some kind of like healthcare or center or asylum place. Is that what you're talking about? Or no, never mind. You're thinking of the other one with Cara Devigny or whatever. What was that remember. movie? Yeah, uh, I can't. Hold on. Let me do an IMDb jump into him. I think he's a really interesting actor. Like I've liked what I've seen him. I mean, most notably, he was you know the Green Goblin and right Valerian. There's a Valerian in yeah, the Valerian. city of a thousand That's planets. Uh, that movie is one of the worst things I think I've ever seen. And I, I, even, I didn't even finish it. It was that bad. I don't know what they were doing casting in that movie. Maybe someday we'll have to do that. That would be really fun. Let's just, I was thinking of the movie. A cure for wellness. Oh, okay. That yeah, that's interesting too. But again, a good that would be a fun like list to pull of like just like really terrible movies that you don't understand <laughs> how that happened because he's one of those actors that gets that. Sometimes he just he, shows up in things that are like Why? he's got some big stuff coming up though. He's um well at least for me personally he's gonna be in the staircase the adaptation of that um you know true crime docu series. He's gonna be in the staircase playing one of uh the Peterson children. Uh, but he's also going to be in um, Oppenheimer, which is um, oh Oppenheimer, yeah, Oppenheimer, yeah, or, um, cr- Christopher Nolan. Cr- I want to say Christian Bale. See, I came confused with you half the time, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my yeah. That, that, I mean, Christopher Nolan always gives something good. Uh, I know it's a bad fact. I have not watched Dunkirk at all. That's like the one movie I have not watched for whatever reason. Not because it's bad. I just never got to it. I saw that in theaters. It was good. It was good. See, yeah. we never even saw the other one too with um. What? Robert Pattinson and that is is that it? Was there another one? No, the the one that came out more recently, Christopher Nolan did. Oh, see, not good. See, sometimes even the guy who watches oh. it's the one with the time traveling or whatever. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, Tenant, Tenant. Yeah, we have not yes. watched Tenant. That's right. Wow. So we're two behind. That's not good. All right. Side note, Kevin, gonna go back. Gonna go do a Christopher Nolan marathon. Gotta get back on it. Uh, anyway, Julie, what have you been watching? <laughs> um not much that's any different than what you've been watching but uh last night started season two of bridgerton on netflix um so I'm about <laughs> no it's good about two episodes in um uh i'm happy with how the season's going so far it's focusing on the, the eldest bridgerton son um on his quest for marriage and it's not going so well in true bridgerton fashion so I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, don't know if it's going to get as racy as the last season was. It's pretty tame for Bridgerton standards at the moment. But again, only two episodes and got six more to go. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, it's something, Bridgerton. I'll, I'll leave it at you that, you know, I, Julie loves it. So it's one of those things I end up watching. Uh, I have something really interesting, though, to bring up. Because I, I had this question for a while, and I don't know if anybody else had. Where's Jason Siegel been? right like what has he been doing as far as an actor like i can't remember the last i I, honestly i think the last thing i remember him doing was that muppet movie was like the last thing i remember him in like i i couldn't tell you the last thing i've seen him in so by surprise a netflix movie actually just dropped called windfall and you know i checked it out I, i didn't know much about it it looked like a more serious movie coming from him especially from a comedic actor it's interesting um has a well, uh, Lily Collins and Jesse Plemons are in it. Jesse Plemons for Breaking Bad fans out there. I'm sure, you know, uh, Creepy Todd. We all know who that is. But Windfall, surprisingly, really, really good. Uh, I would say it's like the the best thing I've ever seen, which, you know, the, what is really at this point. But for what it was, I thought it was like a really interesting, dark 
slightly comedic thriller. I don't want to say it was a a dramedy. I don't think it was necessarily. It was more on this like thriller. Pretty much basically what it is. You don't get much detail, which again is something I immediately love. It goes in. Jason Segel breaks into this house, and you just see him like walking around, like messing with stuff. Uh, lo- obviously looking for money. You know, maybe something else, but really just kind of money and just like walking around. And then Jesse Plemons and Lily Collins come home and they find Jason Siegel in their house. And essentially he's telling them, like, I want to leave. You know, he finds a gun. He puts it up to them and he wants to get away without getting arrested. You know, the whole thing. A very interesting thriller, which pretty much has only three act. Those three actors are the only three actors in the movie. And the reason I don't use their character names is because they really don't have character names, which I also like that, too. It's just like the man, the guy, the woman, the wife. Like, they don't actually have... I, I like stories I like think, that that are contained. Yeah. He's referred to as nobody, Jason Siegel's character, and then it's the wife and the CEO. Right. Okay, that, that sounds about right to me. Um, again, very interesting premise, which, you know, if you like that kind of, like, uneasy tension, there's a lot of that in the movie. And there's also some weird, like, comedy bits thrown in. I mean, Jason Siegel's automatically likable when you see him, so it's kind of hard not to, like just chuckle every time even when he does something serious i find myself like laughing but the whole movie really on edge it was short about an hour and 30 minutes if you have time i really recommend it it's something i do want to maybe address in the future at some point maybe in a separate video just talking about it uh just about that like very simple filmmaking where you don't need this elaborate story to tell us something interesting taking just like this small event and giving us like a, a glimpse at it I think it's really interesting. Again, if you like that kind of old school thriller, I think you're really going to have a good time with Windfall. So, you know, glowing remarks from me. Uh, I recommend really everyone check it out. But we have not too much news this week, I don't think. Uh, we, we tried, you know, circulating the, 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 you know, what's going on on the internet. I really couldn't find much for us to talk about. But there is a couple things I think we need to just quickly discuss. Um, the big, big release this week was the Batman. Adam still has not seen the Batman. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. That's all right. It happens, man. I get it. Uh, but interestingly enough, they released the deleted scene from the Batman that included the Joker. Now, it's interesting, I think, to think that when I saw the movie, the Joker, this isn't a spoiler, the Joker's not really in the movie, and he's not even referred to as the Joker. He's referred to as, like, the Laughing Man. At, like, the end of the movie, there's, like, a brief, like, little glimpse of him. But the scene that we got was this huge deleted scene between Batman interrogating the Joker, uh, Hannibal Lecter style, going up to him, asking him for information. Now, what I want to talk to you guys about is not so much, you know, we're not going into spoilers about the Batman, because I don't think that's really the point of this conversation. I want to just go around, what do you guys think of the Joker in this scene? What do you think of his portrayal, how he looks? Uh, the look being the biggest controversy, which I've seen some photos expanded and disbanded. Um, his face always looking different every time, which maybe that's part of the purpose of it. That's also, I think, part of the reason maybe it hasn't been released is because they don't have the final look down. Um, let's start with Adam. Now, Adam, what did you think? Now, you haven't seen the movie, so, again, I don't think you need to to have context, but what do you think of this this look of the Joker, the tone that we got from it? What did you think of this scene overall? Uh, it definitely has a very eerie feel to it. It's got a, um, I think it's very different. It's very unique than the other Jokers that we've seen. And I think that works with, um, the dynamic with, uh, this tone, at least that the Batman movie is from not something that's not seen it. Right. Right. 
potentially portraying i guess i think that's so important, i feel like it though. works i think that yeah. adds not seeing the movie because this is giving you a glimpse into what i already saw so it's interesting to see like that perspective that you have on this not knowing mm-hmm. the context of it uh what do you think like that did that dynamic between the two of them and this is your first like really seeing robert pattinson as batman what did you think of that like yeah look no, that i, I think i think they definitely worked well with each other i i think that uh you know them playing off of each other it, it's I don't know. It seems like the conversation flowed and it worked. Okay. Now that, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that you'd like that. Now, what did you think of his look? Like the, uh, again, I, I've seen controversy about it as far as like, it's a lot of swelling, a lot of like just horrible disfigurement. Is that your Joker? Is that something that you want to see come out of the Joker character? Are you put off by it? Like, what do you think? I don't mind it. I think it's, it's just another, because I know there's many iterations of the Joker. Okay. So I know in this for this instance like that's the joker that they wanted to portray so i am okay with this joker oh you mean you didn't want him to have damage written on his forehead you didn't want that <laughs> no not this time around <laughs> if i could avoid it if you could avoid it all right fair enough okay so adam's in favor of it cool uh john how about you man what do you think of this joker for someone who saw well, the batman movie too so now you have some context for it i like this joker i thought that i mean i could understand why this scene was deleted in a way okay, and not put out there. But I also think that by getting leaked out there now, it almost makes it more intense and more people want to go back and watch the Batman again. Right. So I think in a way it helped their movie sales too. Mm-hmm. And I think it also makes you look forward to what's coming up. Cause I think the Joker is such a, you could portray the Joker in so many different ways. I think that, Everybody has their own Joker, and every director is going to have their own way that they want to work with the Joker character or create them. But I think this Joker works like very well with Batman and everything going on. Okay, now and his face really doesn't bother me as much. Like, okay, so it's kind of one of those things right. that I'm kind of just like, I guess maybe I don't pay enough attention to it, but <laughs> or don't care enough about it. But like, it's just. Some people got to get over themselves. Uh, all right. All right. So you're okay with the look. You like the way you like his like horrible, gruesome kind of face. You know, you're, you're not appalled to it. No. Uh, you mentioned that you can see why they cut it. What is your opinion as to why they cut the scene? I'm curious to think. What What do you think? I mean, we don't know. Obviously. I, I, have an, I have my reasons, too, maybe why it was cut. What do you think was the reason, though? I think it was cut because it, I don't think it would add it more to the storyline. Right. And then I think more people would... St- if you put that in wherever they put it in, I feel like people would start wondering more about the Joker then instead right. of the whole movie as a whole then. You know, it would be like... That's a good point. And also it would make it a lot longer than it was and people were already <laughs> mad about the length of it and it could have been like... Yeah, yeah. Not another 20 minutes or something. 15, yeah. It would have been like, yes. oh my God, I, know, I can't even- sit there. Yeah, even if it, that scene was about five minutes long, another five minutes, that movie didn't need another five minutes. I, <laughs> I hate to say it. There was, it was definitely, especially on a second viewing for me, it was definitely, it was, it was really long. You know, I, I, I could have used a break. Uh, Julie, you, you, you would like the Joker, right? <laughs> I do. She loves Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, no. Sorry, I got to keep roasting Jared Leto's. I mean, I don't think that. <laughs> I, I, let me get this clear. Let me get this clear before we go far. I don't think Jared Leto was a terrible Joker. All right. Everyone's like seems to be on that opinion. I don't think he was bad. It was different. It wasn't my favorite, like, you know, version of the character. Uh, Suicide Squad had a lot of issues that 
that made that worse than I think than what we initially saw. If you look at the extended cut of Suicide Squad with some of the extra Joker scenes, there's a lot more context added to the character. And Jared Leto, as much as I don't like him as a person, he's a good actor. You know, he he can bring something a little different to the role. And I think it could have been interesting. It's just totally mishandled. Going to move on from that. But back to what I was saying. Julie, what did you think now? As someone who also saw the movie, I know you were interested, especially this actor. Uh, we just saw him in um, Eternals. He was just in. Uh, what do, what do you think? What do you think of the casting, the look, everything? Um, I'm really happy with the casting. Um, again, we saw him in Eternals. And I actually, I he was... I guess one of the smaller characters in the film, I feel like they didn't really focus on his character. I was the most interested in his character though, in Eternals. I thought he had the coolest power. Um, so I was surprised, but also really happy with the casting. I think he really nailed it. You know, some people make comparisons like, oh, his laugh's a little bit too much like Heath Ledger's. I could see glimpses of it, but I think he's really making it his own. Um, the interaction between him and Batman is fantastic. Um, you could just see him really relishing in the mystery and the chaos and the fact that, you know, Batman's even coming in for anything. Um, so I'm happy with the performance. I'm really curious to see it, you know, further fleshed out the look I'm torn. Um, it's grotesque. That's the point. Um, when you look at him, it's definitely unsettling, but he's an unsettling character. Um, there's one thing I was telling Kevin earlier and I kind of can't get it out of my mind. He has these, um, like face wrinkles. I think that are supposed to, you know, elongate the smile, but I can't stop thinking about Jim Carrey's the Grinch because he has these, the same, cause it's like three or four of them. Those like smile lines. And I just think of the Grinch every time I see it. Um, but yeah, definitely a very different, you know, visual take on the character. You know, I know there's been comparisons made with comic book counterparts. Um, it's a different look and I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, it's definitely, you know, as I look at him like, oh my God, he's fucking ugly, you know, but that's the point he's inside and out. Um so I'm excited. Um, I, I agree with John. Like, I'm glad that it wasn't in the movie. It, it would have taken away. It was Batman and the Riddler story. And then when you throw in the Joker, he's, you know, the clown prince of crime. He's going to draw more attention away from the story that's being told. Right. And, you know, I'll, I'll touch on that first. You know, my feeling is it's definitely cut because it wasn't necessary. I think I think like everyone kind of said here, it would draw away from the main story, especially between when you have the Joker on screen, you're automatically looking at the Joker, which is why I think they saved him towards the end of the movie. Just in a brief glimpse. Uh, also, I, again, I think the look hasn't been finalized to some extent. So I think that's part of it, because in the movie and even in this like little snippet, we don't get a clear look at the character. Uh, so, you know, we, we have little glimpses, but we don't see everything in full vision. You know, we don't know the circumstances or anything like that. Uh, my biggest thing, which I really appreciate Matt Reeves for doing, the director, I think it's cut out mostly because it, it tells you the plot, essentially. Like, in the movie, they don't really go into what why people are doing certain things, why the Riddler is committing these crimes. It's never blatantly set out said to you. And this, the Joker is literally telling you, this is exactly why A and B is happening because he's crazy because he's, you know, he wants to be like you. He sympathizes with like he's he's kind of like like sell you know spelling it out 
essentially. And Batman's supposed to figure it out. I think it's more powerful for Batman to figure out what's going on in the movie than to go to one source and be like, hey, this is everything that's going on. You're welcome. You know, we, we don't need that. We also don't need the Hannibal Lecter comparison either, I don't I, think. I, yeah, and I will kind of jumping into it, you know, trying to avoid spoilers as much as possible, talking about the scene. Like, he's going to the Joker for a reason, meaning that they've had a previous encounter. And the fact that this is still a very young Batman, I think he says he's been doing it two years. I I don't know how I feel about him have already, you know, already have in- interacted with the Joker at some point before we meet him so early in his career for that being such a top villain. I don't know. Uh, you know, more will tell eventually. You know, time will tell. I actually think that I'm torn. I, I think it's fine. Actually, I'm not really. I know you. You know, I don't really need to see their first ever meeting and to know these two characters have a history. Kind of like the whole movie does. Again, without spoilers, is it kind of just jumps into it. Like Batman's been doing this for two years. He's not super experienced. He's not under experienced. He's like you know right in the middle. He's kind of still getting his feet wet. You know, as far as things. So for him to have met the Joker, had like a beef with him, and gone toe to toe in the. I really like this. I, I like how they play up the whole. Um, romantic relationship between the two, uh, it's it's always questionable. I think it adds more to that disturbing like factor that the Joker always has because he feels like he has this like deep love connection to Batman. Whether or not he means it is a whole other situation, but the fact is it's always unsettling coming from such a creepy character where he's like, oh, it's our anniversary. It's the paper anniversary. It's already a year. Look at us. Look at us. We're together. I, I like that a lot, and I think... Not having to see in the past, I, can, I get enough out of these characters. Even in that one interaction, which I think is very well acted, you can kind of see, like, Batman doesn't like, hates him, and the Joker hates him, but loves... The, the, there's still, like, a weird connection, which I've always loved. I think that's always undersold a lot, especially in the movies. Not so much in the comics. I think the comics have done an excellent job with that. But as far as the movies, it's like, there's something deeper there. There's such a strong connection between these two opposing characters. Yeah. You know? Like the symbiotic relationship, they need each other. Right, exactly. It's such a strong relationship. But again, and as far as his look, I've my personal favorite Joker in recent years was I don't know if anyone's familiar with the uh, Scott Snyder Joker, where his face was cut off and he has it like strapped onto his head. It, there's this, there's in the comics uh, the Joker cuts off his face. I, I, stay with me here. I know I'm losing people already with this. He cuts off his face and like leaves it behind, and everyone's like, "What happened to the Joker? Where did he go? Someone probably murdered him, left his face, and eventually it comes back to this great story called Death of the Family, where the Joker he takes his face, he like puts it back on, kind of. It's like loose and rotting, and it's really gross. But he goes after the whole Bat Family and tries to make an example. And kind of does this storyline like I was talking about where he tries to prove like him and Batman are meant to be together. And he's always known who Batman is, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect him. He doesn't care. Like, you know what I mean? I I like that story. Uh, You know, I think there's inspiration taken from that. Um, I've seen a couple sources of different comics. I'm sure if you go around, you can see like different, you know, different ways they've taken from it. Uh, Arkham Asylum, for those familiar with the video games. Uh, that Joker seems to be a big inspiration for this character. Uh, Arkham in general seemed like a big inspiration for the movie, which is really cool, actually. You know, it's nice to see video games getting a little bit of a shine here in, in cinema. Um, what do I think, though? You know, I, I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm glad it wasn't in the movie, like you said. It would have taken away too much time. But the Joker is such an important character in Batman mythology. I've seen people say, like, 
oh, you're gonna do the Joker again? Oh no, here it comes. Like, you know, it's the typical cycle of the internet, which I hate. Astoundingly, I really hate that cycle. I want another Joker. Why would I not want the Joker? What the hell is wrong with you people? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I want to see that character. Is everyone else, like, in agreement on that? Am I the only one? Like, yeah. like well, I, I hate that mentality that we have sometimes with movies. Like, what the hell? It's the thing with Batman and the Joker, they're peanut butter and jelly. They go together. You really can't have one without the other. So, you know, and he's kind of alone. You know, Superman has his villains. It's not, you know, if you don't see one of Superman's villains, you're fine. You're not devastated. But, with Batman, you have to have the Joker at some point. It's inevitable. Um, it, and the two are just so closely linked. I would be disappointed if there was no Joker. How about you, Adam? Are you, like, upset that we're getting another Joker? You, 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 are you annoyed about it? Are you going to go keyboard warrior on me and start spamming no, the internet? <laughs> I'm not. Like I said, that's the story that they want to tell. I, I usually just take movies as, you know, I'm given. It's, and if I was to ever, you know, create a movie, then I would tell my own story. But, thank you. Thank you. And yeah. I think, like, so, Adam, I'm coming to you. I'm Warner Brothers right now. I'm going to say, all right, Adam, I want you to make the best Batman story you can. Whatever you want, you know, but... And you're gonna be like, well, why wouldn't I use the Joker, right? Why right. Would I... I mean, it's like, iconic. It's <laughs> it's like the first villain I think of when I think of Batman. Yeah, like just, what? just tell your just story, right? Thank you. Yeah. How about you, John? You gonna not use the Joker in your movie? You gonna make something different? He's gonna go uh, what, Mister Scarface, the little puppet? And he's gonna make a movie about that guy, which could be interesting. Hey, you listen to me. You listen to me. That might work out, but whatever. To that now you're giving away million dollar ideas. <laughs> million dollar yeah. ideas, man. There's there's a rogues gallery. Batman has one of the most interesting rogue galleries when it comes to villains. Uh, maybe even more so interesting than the character. I've seen so many like people talk about that, which that could be its video on its own. Maybe someday just talking about all the villains. Spider Man's like that too. Spider Man's rogue gallery is huge. Uh, it's funny to even see Spider Man because like everyone's like, oh, who are these other Marvel villains? I mean, maybe outside of the X-Men have some like pretty notable villains. Most of the Marvel characters are kind of like lackluster with their villains. I mean, Spider-Man kind of tangled with everybody at some point. Like he tang he tangles with like the Kingpin on the streets who fought with everybody. Then he's tangling with Thanos in outer space who's fighting all those villains. Like who hasn't Spider-Man like squared off with at some point? It's always very interesting to see. Was this a good idea to release this scene? We'll see. Uh, that kind of actually goes into my next topic. Morbius is terrible. Apparently, to nobody's surprise, I, I haven't seen it. Let's disclaimer here. It's I've heard nothing but terrible things. Uh, it seems like it's going the two thousands route, uh, like the Daredevil of two thousand, the um, well, I guess what Blade I think was in two thousand. Like all those, you you know what I'm talking about. If you lived through it, we were there. The Punisher, those those movies, it's not good. But this made it even worse. Uh, something we actually ironically talked about in one of our previous videos was showing too much in your trailer. I think, and, I, and we joked around saying, like, I, I'm pretty sure that scene of Morbius jumping off the roof is going to be, like, in the end of the movie, and they're going to play some, like, grungy 2000s rock song while he flies off into the air. Maybe we didn't get that. I didn't see the movie. What we did get, though, was the end credits have been completely spoiled, not by just a leak, but by the director himself in an interview actually went on the record and started talking about the movie, saying exactly what's going on. So... What I want to just talk about is uh, Cinema Blend was actually talking with the director. And what happened was they asked, the first question that was asked was, what universe does Morbius take place in? 
right? So that, that is a big question because there's so much going on with all the multiverse factors and everything going on now. Uh, it, they said Morbius, the director said, Morbius lives in the same universe as Venom. This is the universe we saw Venom exit at the end of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and return to at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, that, that's fine. I think that's fair to say, right? I don't think anyone has like an issue with that, him saying that. But then he goes into, at the end of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, in Spider-Man No Way Home, and in No Way Home itself, it is clearly established that it's possible for characters to transfer from one multiverse to another. The events of No Way Home had the effect of transferring Venom and the Vulture, and maybe others, back and forth between the MCU and the Venom universe. Okay. So we're, we're getting even more here. Uh, and then they go into spoilers, pretty much saying that they asked him what's going on here, saying that the vo the Vulture got transferred into the Morbius universe, which is the Venom universe, which doesn't make sense. I know we're going to have a whole conversation on this. The Vulture gets transferred there, and he has his suit, and he, like, finds um, Morbius and says, hey, let's go get this vent let's go get this Spider-Man kid. I have, I have an issue with him. Well, what's going on? Why are we spoiling that? Like, that's, that's literally the end credits of the whole movie. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Do you, do you care? Does anyone care? Adam, do you care? Like, let's, let's go. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? I have some theories as to why this is happening. What, what do you think of this revelation now that we're getting? I think, uh, in a way, we have to care because I don't <laughs> want them to mess up the MCU at all. Right. Because, <laughs> like, obviously, the Vulture, he was in, you know, the MCU at some point. Right. So now they're linking it to whatever kind of universe they're setting up. So somehow, some way, it's going to link to it, but I don't... I just don't want it to mess it up at all. At right. least make it any more chaotic than it already is. Right. It's so. Yeah, because he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. We had the Vulture, and now suddenly he just... Why is he... Okay, so the spell doesn't... The spell, from what I gather, from us who have watched the Spider-Man film, know that the spell was anyone who knew Peter Parker was brought to that that universe. Right. Where that Peter Parker is. So why is the Vulture going to another universe? Maybe everybody in the uh, the current in Tom Holland's universe that knows Peter Parker get would have gotten expelled to like another universe, like it did a reverse spell on them. <laughs> He's really reaching here, man. He's really going <laughs> for it. Uh, how about you, Julie? Go ahead. What are you thinking? Well, if he has his suit, he's in jail. Why would he have a suit with him when he goes to? The Venom universe—that's a nitpick. Which but... is a, no, no, that's a good point because in the the scene, which is in the trailer, he he addresses Morbius as like not the Vulture. Then suddenly he has his suit out of nowhere at the end of the movie. He just like I make mean, an identical well, suit somewhere along the line. He didn't from carry what it with I him can from prison. Of the trailer, it looks like he's wearing like a prison jumpsuit. That was the, the at least right. So the, the right. Thing, the, so then, yeah. how does he have a suit unless they kept it in an evidence locker and maybe he? breaks out and gets it i don't know oh so but the evidence makes, locker like transferred the universes with him they're like oh hey maybe, bring that maybe, yeah that's dude, that's a whole maybe the whole prison maybe that whole prison got lifted up and brought to the the venom universe um yeah it doesn't make any sense because really what it was supposed what the spell was supposed to do was everyone's gonna forget tom holland's peter parker and we're just gonna seal up all these openings so no one else can come in there was nothing about, and, and the people that were there that weren't supposed to be there go home. But the Vulture's supposed to be in Tom Holland's universe. He wasn't coming through any portal, so why would he magically just be 
you know, and it's funny, it to the other side. I hate spoilers, but I don't consider this spoilers because it was in your trailer. So you're, you're giving us all of this, you know, I'm sorry. I hate to say that, but it is what it is. I, I, I think this is really confusing for people. I think this is going to make it more confusing than it needs to be. Uh, now, John, you look like you're a little confused and I can't say I blame you with what's going on here. What do you think? Of, is this like a lot going on now? We have different universes going on. We have a lot. Go- it was it was easy to see like one transfer, one from the other. But if you're going to have characters jumping around all these different timelines, isn't that going to lose people over time? Well, first thing I want to say is I want to thank this director for ruining this whole movie for me so I don't have to spend two hours to watch it. <laughs> Second of all, yeah, by you just, by you, when you were just talking now, I was so confused that I don't think anybody, I don't think, like, unless you're a diehard fan of, like, the Marvel Universe and you know all of this stuff, right? I feel like you're going to be confused. So the fact that they bring in, say, 8,000 multiverses and this and that, it's just going to confuse people even more. And then it almost opens the door for them to internally get criticized from other people who, like, love this stuff like it's their job and they go by every rule that there is. Right. So that in turn leads directors to, hey, you have to do this certain stuff and then make it a certain way, and then that eliminates half of the people, per se. No, it, it's it's confusing. I think it's confusing even as someone who knows what he's talking about to an extent. I, it doesn't make much sense, especially you have, to, especially when you have a multiverse angle like this. You have to have a set of guidelines that this follows, a very important rule set that just can't be broken just because you want to. So, what is Kevin's theory on this? Well, I think Sony wants to make their own universe. I I think more of this has to do with money than it has to do with anything with setting fans going forward. The first thing is we don't the, the big thing that was taken away from this is they don't say who the Spider-Man is of Venom's universe. Based on what we've seen, especially at the end credits of Venom and, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, there was from what we can tell, there was no Spider-Man, right? Is everyone kind of like under that assumption like there was especially at the end credits of Venom, he's just like licking the TV screen when he transfers going, oh, you look interesting. Not saying if there was a Spider-Man or not established in this universe. Fast forward to Morbius now. We have a picture of Spider-Man with Murderer written on it. So does Spider-Man exist in that universe? Right? Is it- I've, I've heard that that mural was taken out of the film. That's what I've heard too, and then that wasn't confirmed in this interview, but that's what I've heard as well. That's actually something yeah. I was going to go into. What does that mean? I don't know. I I would like to think it was maybe Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man to some extent. Maybe it was like the potential rumored. He would make the most sense, especially based on what he said in the past right. Spider-Man film, where he went like a darker turn and started like kind of going out. But again, if it's taken out of the film. I think there's I think there's an ulterior motive to Sony. I think what they're going to do is they're going to amass what they can cuz they own these characters. A lot of people don't seem to understand the rights are a huge issue with this. Uh anything that's in the Spider-Man movies is owned by Sony. It's it's so stupid and confusing for no reason whatsoever. Just just because agreed this exists, but they own all those characters. They own the Vulture, they own the Electro, the Lizard, Anybody at Doc Ock, all of them that show up are owned by Sony. 
So what they're doing is saying, all right, Marvel, we're going to lend you our toys, but we want to bring them back to our toy box and do something else with them. Now, Tom Holland seems to be like the shaky ground, as far as what I understand with the characters. They own Spider-Man, but maybe not necessarily Tom Holland's Spider-Man, from what I understand. So my viewpoint is they're setting up their own universe, right? They're eventually going to say, all right, you you can keep Tom Holland and do what you have to do, but we're going to create our own Spider-Man. That way we can make our own movies and do our own thing. To me, that seems to be what they're doing. Uh, Part of me leans either. I don't think it's going to be Andrew Garfield. I don't know if anyone else feels like he's going to get a second chance. I I don't see it happening really at this point. I, I think they want to move on from that. Uh, the only reason I think maybe Andrew Garfield has even a potential choice is that the Sinister Six was teased at the end of that Spider-Man, but who really cares and who really remembers that? I, I don't think anyone does. It was a weird movie anyway. That was a mess too. But I think what they're going to do is a new Spider-Man's going to come. I'm actually leaning towards Miles Morales, I think is going to be their Spider-Man. I, I could see that happening before anything else. I think because I think they're going to capitalize on Into the Spider-Verse, again, owned by Sony because they own everything Spider-Man, which is the best Spider-Man thing they've done was Into the Spider-Verse. I don't know. What do you guys think? I and mean, this is also going to bleed into what I really want to talk about, too, is what are some Marvel theories you guys have going on? Because the multiverse is getting weird. It's getting confusing, especially with this wrinkle. It came in perfectly because this is the conversation I actually really wanted to have with you guys. Uh, Adam, what are some of your thoughts? Well, talk a little bit about Spider-Man and then give me a little bit of what you think's going on with the MCU. Where, where do you see things heading? Like, what, what are you thinking? What do you what do you have? I do not want them to mess up Miles Morales. <laughs> I think he is a, such a cool character. Agreed. Um, I really hope that's not the direction they're going to go. I didn't even think of that a poss- as being a possibility. So. Oh, no. Great. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's all good. All good. Um, I mean, in terms of... I, who knows? Maybe it's just going to be another Spider-Man that they're just going to come out with. It's just a whole new... It's a brand new one. Yeah, just throw another one into the multiverse. I mean, why not? Right. Um, In terms of the MCU, uh, I don't know. I it's it's getting very chaotic, and I I honestly have very high hopes for uh, the Doctor Strange movie. I do too. Yeah, Uh, I I just want it to be really good. I just want to see some. I want to see some crazy stuff happen. That's that's really what I want to see. Now I want to. Let's go into that. So, who do you let's let's talk a little bit about that then too. How about cameos? Now, are you open to any and all MCU cameos from the past to present to everything? Or is there any characters you're looking forward to maybe seeing? Uh, that was always the rumor, I think, with this Doctor Strange movie. Is there's a lot of cameos about bringing that multiverse together. Is there any characters you're looking forward to seeing from other Marvel movies or? If they really want to blow my mind, blow your mind. I'm ready. Bring back Nicholas Cage's Ghost Rider. <laughs> I knew it. Why did I know that was going to happen? <laughs> I love that movie. I love the well. The first one was good, but I, uh, yeah, I love that. And I, if they really want to blow my mind, bring him back. Hey, the second Ghost Rider had 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 some had had some stuff to it. It has moments. Yes, I will agree. I will say. I'm not going to tangent here. That Ghost Ghost Rider is better. The character of Ghost Rider is better in the second movie, but the first one's still like a little bit of a better movie. I think yes. Ghost Rider's scarier in the second movie. He has like the yes. Michael Myers walk and he does like the head twitch and stuff like that. Very yes, cool. I agree. Terrible movie though. Oh my God. That's another thing. <laughs> we really got to talk about that. Uh, anyone else though? How about any other like deep cuts? Like I, for one, for me would be the Punisher. 
And then I'm talking. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm talking about Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Let's really go back here. Let's go oh, back. Wow, okay. I'll reach back. I want to see that. You know, that's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, like any kinds of. I, it's open to whoever at this point. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I would love to see Hugh Jackman. I think that's. On I'm sure a lot of people. List. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know how that could not be. Um, now. As far as Doctor Strange, there's one character that may be confirmed based on the trailer. Mm. Uh, it seems like Patrick Stewart is like the confirmed character. Uh, what he's attached to, I'm not going to go into details about because that is spoilers. That could lead to other characters being attached. Um, but I think that's interesting. Patrick Stewart I, I, is, is Professor X to me. You know, I, I thought James McAvoy always did a good job. But I think Patrick Stewart is like perfect, especially hearing his voice and you know, everything. I think that that's really interesting. Maybe that's how we're getting X-Men brought into the universe. Uh, Cause that movie is slated, I believe. Right. I think there is an X-Men slated yeah. at some point. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. Uh, Julie, how about you? What are you excited for? Well, that since you brought up the X-Men connection, Evan Peters as Quicksilver, because they did us so dirty in WandaVision. I'm very angry about it still. <laughs> um, so I would love to see him like officially come back into the fold because I, I'm, it's going to go off on a tangent, but the fact that they're like, oh, well, we didn't mean to like, you know, make you think that it was him. Of course you did. Like, how else did you expect this to interpret that? So I would love to, and I just thought of that now when you brought up X-Men. So I would love to see him come back. Nick Cage's Ghost Rider. That's a good cut, deep cut. Um, that'd be kind of funny. Um, I would like to see, and not necessarily like the old versions of it, just maybe new interpretations of the Fantastic Four. Um, that's always been like, I know the movies aren't great. Um, but those were some of the first superhero movies I saw as a kid after Spider-Man. And I loved the Fantastic Four movies as a kid. Um, so I would really like to see those characters come back to the big screen. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe we'll get one or two members of the family make an appearance. Um, so I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I've made it no secret. The Fantastic Four is one of my favorite superhero like character groups of all time. I love the Fantastic Four. Why the hell we can't get something that's actually good out of the Fantastic Four? It, it blows my mind. Uh, some of the stories they tell are just the most interesting. I love the family dynamic. Uh, it's interesting, too, because I think Disney really wants to emulate that family dynamic, especially what we've seen with the Avengers, uh, just about every Marvel movie. There's a sit-down dinner scene of, like, a family. I, what's better than having an actual family? The Fantastic Four, you know, Marvel's first family. That That's what we need. I love that story. I mean, you have Victor Von Doom, Doctor Doom, one of the greatest villains of all time, never really represented except from the guy from nip tuck was the the villain who played dr doom and i think there was some other guy too which i didn't watch fan four stick that really terrible one i just no i stayed away from that not watching that garbage sorry guys not gonna do it maybe you know what i tell you what get me to a hundred likes and i'll do a review of fan four stick and i'll watch it and i'll tell you all everything i hate about it maybe maybe i'm gonna throw it out there throwing a goal but you know, I'm I'm excited for that character, uh, John. How about you? Are you excited for any kind of cameos? Maybe as far as you know, what's going on? Any, anything you want to see? Some old people brought back to life? Yeah, I want to see Howard the Duck appear. <laughs> what? So. Get out of here, hey, this guy. Duck. That's a deep cut. Are you talking about OG Howard Duck? Not that new Howard the Duck. You want OG no, Howard the OG Duck? OG Howard the Duck. <laughs> Way back then. And then maybe bring back old Captain America. Oh, well, who was that that played the original one, right? There was a guy. I can't remember his name. 
think uh, I can't bring those back. Then we're, That's then a we're good cutting one. it deep. I was like, uh, I think Into the Spider Verse is another interesting one where they're bringing back a lot of like famous people that play characters. Uh, one of the rumors was the that '90s animated Spider Man. I, I love that guy. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, the voice actor that did him was fantastic. Best one though that I think is confirmed is they're bringing back Japanese Spider Man, which I think is the best Spider Man of all time. Uh, there's a documentary on Disney Plus that you guys really need to check out that talks about the whole like Japanese phenomenon with Spider Man. He's not what you think. All right, I'm gonna say he is a Megazord. That's that's a random robot. He's a he's a Power Ranger, and people die in that series. That, that's a crazy series that, that has. Does he come from Does he come from the Transformers too? Apparently, I don't know. Japanese Spider Man is no joke. Okay, he's probably the he's the best Spider Man hands down. Um, but what I also want to talk about too is like I said, I want to talk about theories. So, what direction are we going into? Are we do you think the multiverse is gonna last, guys? Do you think we're gonna? Do you think we're just gonna like kind of like go back on like a normal path at some point again? Do you think everything's gonna kind of just like reconnect again? Like you know, a good example is like Loki kind of represents like the timeline like splintering, right? Everything's kind of like going crazy, falling apart. Do you think eventually we're gonna get one unified timeline back again to where we? Because I think. My biggest thing was, and I've said this multiple times when we've talked about this, is, and we've said it even in this review, this discussion, is that the multiverse is very confusing. And when you're a comic book fan and comic books start to do that, it's always a sign that the storylines are losing steam. And I don't think Marvel's at that point yet. I feel like we kind of jumped the gun a little bit with some of this stuff where they just want to give you everything in like high bursts and see what happens. I don't think we're there yet, and I kind of want—I want to see personally everything kind of level out and have one contained universe where I don't have to worry about characters jumping from other cinematic universes and other timelines. I don't know about you guys. I what do what do you guys think? I want everything kind of to eventually converge, converge back. And do you think that's going to happen anytime soon? I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think that this is like the next, you know as Endgame was like the culminating event of like the first half of the Marvel universe. I think the multiverse now is like the second act um, because I feel like they're trying to establish Kang as that huge Thanos like villain. So they introduced him in Loki. He's going to be, or one of him is going to be the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Is that what that one's called? Um, so, I mean, I don't think it's going to go, on for as long as like the whole Thanos saga went because really if you think about it, that's from like you know the beginning of the MCU to Endgame that's really that was the Thanos saga because there's hints of him in every Avengers movie um I hope that it won't go on as long but I think they're really going to try and take this opportunity to bring in all of the properties that they want to they're going to use the multiverse to do that ideally if they do it you know Fantastic Four um, X-Men, all these other properties. And then once they save the day and have one timeline, then they can now, you know, further explore the new prop, not new, but the properties that they've acquired and start to tell those stories and hopefully be on a more level playing ground. That's just my thought. Right. And, you know, it's funny. This is going to be the second wrestling reference in this podcast, but there's something called the Forbidden Door that's been referenced in wrestling where someone goes from like one promotion to go to another. The Forbidden Door has been opened in Marvel, right? We're seeing people cross over from other stories, other timelines, other universes. 
Adam, now that this so-called forbidden door has been opened, can it be shut? Now that we've seen it happen, what do you, do you think we can actually, can we shut it now? I do think so. I honestly, because I think now is just kind of a very iffy time because they, they obviously want to use these characters. So they're like, let's just get them in somehow. Let's figure out a way. And then once they're here, we'll kind of, you know, go into their own storylines because, you know, everybody, they're not all going to appear in each other's movies at some point, I feel. Right. They can't just do that. They're, everybody's got their own stories. So I feel like at some point it will plateau. Right. It's just, it's going to be a rocky situation, on, you know, getting there. It almost feels like Disney's kind of like, okay, you want, you want your Wolverine? Here you go. Here's your Wolverine. All right, yes. get over it. Now here's our Wolverine. Like, I, I, yes. I don't know if that's the vibe anyone's getting. I, I kind of get that to some extent. Like Spider-Man's a good example. I feel like, like oh, here, you like those Spider-Man? Here you go. This is what they look like. Okay, they're gone now. This is the real one, though. So don't worry uh -huh. about it. Move on. You wonder, right? You wonder if that's like part of the whole marketing, like making you forget about a character and move on. Uh, kind of like, I wonder if we're going to see something like, I know Captain America's a, a big, a big rumor right now. I know we know we have the Falcon now as Captain America. He's our quote unquote Captain America. Um, I didn't finish the animated um, Marvel show. I'm sorry. What if, right? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't finish that. Uh, but Captain Carter is rumored to be making a live action appearance in some some respect. Uh, we're kind of seeing that with Doctor Strange already. We're seeing the Doctor Strange from that universe making an appearance in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, makes me wonder, right? Maybe Captain Carter is going to be like the new Captain America. You know, I. It's interesting to see what what they're trying to do here because we're going to run into that problem. Uh, Thor's another one. I I think at this point, I don't know how much time Chris Hemsworth has with his contract or if he even wants to continue. Uh, but now we have Natalie Portman kind of stepping up as Lady Thor. Is that going to be the replacement character? You know, who's to say? Uh, Lady Thor is an interesting character. I, I actually do like her from the comics. I think she's kind of cool. Taika Waititi's an awesome director, though, too. So, you know, that, just, that gives me all the confidence in the world. Because um, uh, Chris Evans, is, uh, his contract is up. Does that mean he can come back as the human torch. Oh, that's nice. That's <laughs> nice. I think they have an opportunity too to have some fun with some of the cameos. Um, I know Tom Cruise has been rumored to be lingering around the MCU, either as a new character or as an old character. I've always heard the joke. He's been rumored to like, look like I like, like Robert Downey, like be he like Tom Cruise would have been the perfect Iron Man at some point, like that cocky egotistical guy. I could see that, you know, maybe have some fun. Uh, John Krasinski, uh, from the office fame he's always been fan casted as mr fantastic from the fantastic four people have been wanting that him and his wife emily blunt to be uh miss mrs fantastic imagine that just have some fun too like i don't need these people to be those characters have a little fun though too i mean this is a good opportunity i think the multiverse brings a lot of that and dc or i'm sorry dc oof, uh, marvel going forward is you know it's really interesting to see what they do uh, especially with a lot of the shows that are on the horizon. Uh, we have Moon Knight, which I think we're going to talk about probably next podcast. We'll have some information on Moon Knight. We'll have a couple episodes to chew into. Um, we have uh, She-Hulk is another series. That's interesting. I don't know how that's going to work, really. I, I'm curious to see how the courtroom uh, turns to the Hulk. That'll be kind of cool. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, John, you have any kind of closing thoughts on this whole thing? What are, what are you looking forward to? you have any theories of what's going to happen next? I mean, I think that it really all is going to come down to, like, the money. Yeah. How much money can they make with what they have? 
especially since there's so many different comic books about each of these characters out there. There's so many films that they still have that they could make if they wanted to. But right now, I feel, feel like they're just trying to throw everyone together and then they'll separate them and put them back into like their origins, you know? Right. How they did with like a lot of these characters where they bring them all together just for like the fanfare. Mm-hmm. And then they go, all right, well, now we're going to tell you their original story and how this all could have came together. Yeah, it's interesting how Marvel has just created such an ecosystem that I never, I think a lot of us, we don't give it enough credit a lot of the time. Like, I always say, like, oh, I wish we had a standalone movie and not have all these characters. But the achievement that's really been made here to connect so many movies and TV shows that that you can see how they connect. Sometimes it isn't always the cleanest, but it, it still works, right, as, as far as an ecosystem. Like, if you really watch it from beginning to end and you watch and consume everything... It connects. It it does work, which is astounding. It's such a feat. Um, I just I can't wait to see what happened next with Marvel. You know, is it is it fizzling out a little bit for me? I, I I'm getting a little burnt out. I said that at the end after Endgame, I was kind of burnt out from Marvel and was interested in the next direction. I think DC might have an opportunity to fill in some of that niche now, where they can just tell like like with the Batman, for example, they can just tell this one centric story that's really good and then move on to the next and not have to watch 30 movies to be connected with everything. But it's good that people have an option, too. You know, It's good you can watch maybe a whole series of things and enjoy it, or maybe just watch one solo thing and have a good time. Uh, it's a great time to be a comic book fan and a movie fan, if you ask me. I, what more could you really ask for? Let's talk about something that people are a little bit upset about, and I'm upset, but not maybe as much as anything. But we're going into our favorite thing. We're going to talk about some trailers now, guys. Uh, Miss Marvel, since we're on the whole Marvel conversation here, uh, she's it's come out that we've gotten the trailer for Miss Marvel. Now, Julie, you're a big Kamala Khan fan. You you actually read a lot of her. Co- you read more of her comics than I have. I know some of her stuff. What are your thoughts on this trailer? Now, from what I'm gathering, it's not as faithful as what a lot of people are saying she is to the, the character in the comic. They've changed her powers and there's a bunch of shenanigans. But before we get into more of that, let's just talk about what did you think of the trailer? What did you like the vibe coming from it? What, what did you think? Um, I do love the energy coming off of the trailer. Um, you know, I know the big controversy is her change in power. Um, she did have a more Mr. Fantastic like ability where she was able to stretch her limbs you know, do super punches and stuff like that. Um, And this seems to be a more like energy based power where she can, you know, create, you know, I don't know, energy blasts and constructs. Constructs. Um, It's kind of like Green Lantern. Yeah. She essentially has Green Lantern's power. Right. But now Um, it's cool. (laughs) And uh, Kevin and I were talking about it earlier where, you know, it could be a budget thing. They might want to avoid the connection to Mr. Fantastic. Uh, but that controversy aside, I really am actually excited for this. I think I like the energy, yeah, you know, trailers, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I think it really is encompassing like the teenage energy, which is what she was. She was, she idolized the heroes of her universe, especially, you know, Captain Marvel. Um, and I definitely get that energy from her. I love, you know, the diversity, you know, the fact that they're choosing this character and that seems to be they're incorporating incorporating those elements of the story into the show. Um, you know, the societal pressures from her family, um, you know, being a teenager in high school and also acquiring these powers. Um, you know, we'll see. It's 
it's a lot to take on in a show, um, you know, especially, you know, with them changing her powers and stuff like that. But I am excited for this. It seems fun. Seems, you know, cute, you know, a little different than what we've been getting with Marvel. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, it's a little lighter for sure. Uh, now, Adam, what do you think? Now, for someone, I don't know, do you have any experience with the Miss Marvel character at all? or? Uh, not really. Like, I mean, yeah. just from things that I've seen, because I know uh, I've seen the clips from... I never played the Avengers game, Oof, the a, one that had come out, but yeah. <laughs> I've seen the clips. It's just because, you know, I like to watch some cutscenes of games that yeah, I sure. probably won't ever play, but I've seen some <laughs> stuff about from her in there and I enjoy her character. I know that um, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I, uh, I am, I am a little torn about the uh, different difference in the uh, power change. Yeah. Um, ability too. change. I don't know if I hate it yet. I'll have to wait until, uh, you know, we actually see it because, you know, just because it's different doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Right. Right. I think that's something we have to remember too, which unfortunately fans of the internet, um, you know, they, they don't understand what that means. They just, right. Yeah. Uh Before we get to see it. Uh, I personally don't like it. I think to some extent it invalidates some of the, the, the more interesting aspects of like the body change aspect of the character, which I think is very cool and unique. You know, I mean, we can, we've seen constructs before. Uh, you don't really see a girl that can stretch and put into weird situations and stuff like that. You know, we don't really get something like that. Uh, like Julie alluded to, I think a lot of it really had to do with the Mr. Fantastic comparison, especially since fantastic four will be coming at some point to the MCU. They don't want to say, Oh, she's just the female Mr. Fantastic. They want to avoid that. Um, I also think budget is a big thing. You know how much it is to CGI uh, a human person to make them stretch all around and do all these things and make it look good. Uh, Marvel CGI is very hit or miss. Uh, Adam, I know we've talked about Shang-Chi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that could be mm-hmm. uh, oof, uh Yeah, not a good time, guys. Not a good time. But, um, you know, I, we'll see what happens, like Julie and Adam said. Uh, John, what do you think? You excited for Miss Marvel? You going to be watching that? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm not, not really sold on it, but no. I mean, it looks okay. Yeah, I think it has just, like that fun, like high school girl mentality. I mean, I'm not a high school girl, so I guess you know I don't know how much I'm going to relate to it. But, but I think for its target audience, I think it's got something there. Would you say? I think it has. Yeah, something. I think it. I mean, it doesn't look terrible to me. It just yeah wasn't like it's not like on the top of my list, but I'll definitely get to it you know I mean, what it seems like and i think i'll see if you agree i think it's like one of those like disney like those like disney live action shows right like one of those like maybe like just marvel-fied is that yeah. what it feels like a little bit you it's know? almost like yeah it's like oh you know how back in the day they used to have those movies that would go straight to like on <laughs> tv movies yeah, right like on the disney channel like you have to tune in at Friday at eight o'clock or something like that. It's the Disney Seems Channel like movie movies. event. Yeah, Sweet Life, the, Zach the and Cody. DCOMs. Yeah, the, the DCOMs. DCOMs. <laughs> yes, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I think that that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this, which is fun. Yeah, I'm glad you know what? doing that. It's like Disney Channel, and then plus that like whole Riverdale, Sabrina vibes. I'm getting like a combination of the two. I feel like Riverdale, something I do want to watch at some point. I've heard nothing but like batshit crazy things about that show. Uh, I don't know. I got. I kind of. I'm curious. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. But Miss Marvel, we'll see what happens. We got some time. We got Moon Knight to get through first, uh, which is more my cup of tea. So I, I can't wait to talk about that again. Probably next episode you'll be hearing about that from us. Going into something else, Adam, I'm gonna let you talk about this one because what do you think of the unbearable weight of massive talent trailer? Nicolas Cage 
is back playing maybe his most iconic character to date in cinematic history. I know we've said Ghost Rider. I know he's been in movies like The Rock, National Treasure, but never has Nicolas Cage been the most important character in his career himself. <laughs> wow. What a great idea. I love it. I'm, 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 in, I'm all for it. I will be in the theater to see this movie. I think if, if there was, I think there's no other movie that we could possibly talk about. And I was telling Julie this, and I mean this with all the emotion in my heart, that this is the most excited I've been in a movie for a long time. You could show me your Batmans. You could show me your Spider-Mans, any of those things. I want to see this movie. This is the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. This this the trailer just has me like giddy for some reason and I'm like I have to see that movie. Yeah, cuz Nicolas I... Cage is one of those actors where there's always this bit mystery around mm-hmm. who he is as a person. Now, there's some crazy stories out there. We've heard him he's bought an island. Apparently, he bought a T-Rex skull or part of like a T-Rex like a whole like fossilized T-Rex. Uh, he's had money issues, which are obviously he's buying all these things. Those are like a big thing. Uh, he had an issue of Superman number one that was apparently stolen from him. And he hunted the people down to get it back, which that was supposed to be like a movie at some point. Uh, again, he's just a really weird man. I mean, every it's all addressed in, in just this trailer. I think they've addressed all of it from where he's like Nicholas Cage. He's like bowing his head and he's doing like the hand signs. Mm-hmm. But that's what he does in real life. That's not like a joke. That's actually how he acts, like in interviews and stuff like that. Whether he's maybe he's acting, I don't know. There's a fourth wall. I love when movies break. I think this is the best thing he could have ever done in his career. Where you know, there was an interview actually that just came out, and I, I liked how you brought up a Nicolas Cage B movie earlier, which I think is really <laughs> funny. He actually they asked him like, so you know, you do a lot of bad movies. Yeah, and he, they're like, you know, obviously you're doing it for money. And he's like, no, I don't do it for money. I take on every role that I want because I want to take it. And I give all my, I give it a hundred percent. He said, every movie role I've ever given, I give a hundred percent. Now, whether or not you think that's true or he's full of shit is up to you. I kind of think it's true, man. I, I don't know. Nicholas Cage just really blows me away as a person. And he's a good actor when he's on. Nicolas Cage can be a solid actor, but when he's off, it's 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 awesome too because it's batshit insane. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, every movie that he's ever in, he's the part that I that's like he's the, the most draw. memorable. He yeah, is the absolutely draw of the movie, absolutely. And there's so many good movies with Nicolas Cage. I mean, we could do a whole like good 30, 40 movie list probably, which are be good, bad, and in between of just like his stuff. And I, I I'll always watch it. Uh, there's a lot of things I haven't seen recently. I know Willie's Wonderland was a big movie. Uh, a lot of people, it's a horror movie that people have talked about. And uh, pig was another one where he was, he plays like a guy who has like a pig and like they take his pig or something like that. It's like taken with a pig. Apparently no John wick with a pig, Oh, John wick with a pig. That's even better. Whatever. That sounds <laughs> awesome to me. Who cares? But again, anybody else you told me was in that, I'd be like, whatever, but you told me Nicholas cage is in it. I need to see it. That's automatically mm-hmm. what it is. Um, now, John, what do you think of this? Like weird line that's being drawn here. Do you like this idea of like, you're taking the real life person of Nicholas cage and putting him, so he's going to be Nicolas Cage, right? There's no question about that. And they're putting him in a fantastical situation. Do you like that idea for a movie? I think there's something intriguing about that. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it definitely <laughs> works with him as like a person too. Right. Like I think he definitely brings more to like this role than anything because 
he's just everything he acts in it's just like over the top and just totally him in a way it's just this movie would only work with Nicolas Cage I don't think it would work with like another I mean maybe another zany actor you could find but the way this movie's being like promoted and like that that trailer uh, this was actually it's interesting too that I bring that up that this was the red band trailer that we watched Uh, if you can find it again the unbearable weight of massive talents the name of the movie try to find the red band trailer it's distinctly different than the other one because uh, it cuts out a lot of the punchlines of the jokes, and I feel like it doesn't hit as hard. Uh, you, you need that like that rated R context to it. Uh, Julie, now you're not a huge Nicolas Cage fan from from you know the stuff we watched, but uh, maybe decent. I, I would say I feel like you don't go out of your way. You know I would go out of my way for Nicolas Cage. You you not so much. But uh, what did you think of the trailer? I, I'm curious. We didn't really talk about what you thought of it. I think it's hysterical. Um, I do like Nicolas Cage movies. You know I don't you know, seek them out. And some of them, you know, they're so bad that they're good. Um, like the wicker man. I remember, um, seeing that movie in theaters, actually. I paid money to see that movie in theaters. Um, that's why, so... I'm, mar- that's why I married her ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, I think this movie is just taking like every crazy thing you've heard about him, whether it's sure or not. And, throwing it at the wall and it's sticking like you know we talked about his money issues and in the trailer he's looking at this grotesque um like wax creation of himself and he even says that's grotesque i'll pay you twenty thousand dollars for it like (laughs) he would do that i believe he would do that um pedro pascal is in it i love pedro pascal um just the zaniness that is going to happen in this movie. I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be hysterical. It's so self-aware. Um, so the fact that he's doing it is like, good for you. Like, you, I don't know. I don't want to go too much into it, but I just even love that one scene where he's going, that's it. I'm quitting acting. You know, it's been a wonderful ride. And, oh, I'm sorry. You're breaking up. What was that again? <laughs> As he's like crying into the phone. Like this is probably, you know, obviously it's being satirized and exaggerated, but this is probably real experiences that he's had with himself. You know, if you look at his career, I'm sure he's had a couple of moments where he's debated, you know, just throwing the towel in. Um, I could be speculating, but um, I'm excited to see where this goes. It looks like it's, you know, balls to the wall all over the place, you know, some bromance right. in there. I don't know. Right. I mean, Pedro Pascal, we didn't even talk about it. He's in the trailer <laughs> as like this eccentric billionaire, I guess, that pays uh, Nicolas Cage to come to the island with him. And th- their comedic timing together, I mean, just from the trailer alone, looks like it's perfect. I, I don't know. They have some weird chemistry going on there. Uh, there's one scene where like he has like guns out and they're like, about to like shoot each other because I guess something happens. He's like, I don't want to have to kill you. I love you. I love you too. Like that's just like that's the kind of craziness I expect. And Pedro Pascal, you know, you know, we talk about him in the Mandalorian stuff. He's a he's a really good actor too. You know, he's a really fun actor. I feel like he's got some like zany Nicolas Cage vibes going on in him. Because you see him one way, that he's seen being zany in another way. Uh, even Wonder Woman, the newest Wonder Woman uh, '84 movie, uh, really good. I thought he was actually—I I know that movie's terrible, and it, it definitely is. Don't get me wrong, but his part—he part. was the best part. I—I I, I don't care. He was chewing the scenery all the time, and that, that's all I could really ask from it. But um, the end line of that trailer—the "I'm Nick Effin," woo, Cage. I don't know what to say, guys. That's going to be, that's my movie of the year. You, you guarantee we're going to be talking about that when that comes out. I, I, there's no way we can't. Absolutely not. But going into another actor that kind of like 
creeped up a little bit. Uh, Bullet Train got a trailer, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Brad Wick, I mean, I'm sorry, Brad Pitt is uh, back in a movie. Now, what did you guys say? I, I didn't really, I know this is from his production company, which is cool. And it's also from the uh, the Deadpool 2 director. Who uh, it's uh, funny enough. Brad Pitt was in Deadpool, Deadpool two as the invisible, the invisible guy that was on the team, and he got like zapped in the power lines, and we, we only saw him for like a half a minute. So I wonder if that's where the connection got started. Uh, Adam, what do you think of this? Brad Pitt kind of coming back. He's another one. Like I said, Jason Segel earlier disappeared for a while. Brad Pitt's back. What do you think? I think Brad Pitt's great. I yeah. I, I I thought the trailer was fantastic. I enjoyed his acting in it. I think it looks like a really uh, entertaining movie. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think the choreography looks really cool. Um, yep. uh, staying alive cover that's in there is like great. I, yes. I don't know the Japanese staying alive. That, that's fantastic. I, I think if the movie can have as much um, like visual style and as much like heart pounding momentum going forward, I think it could separate itself enough from the John wick comparison. I cleverly made cause you know, I think it has guy. a completely different vibe, honestly, altogether <laughs> yeah. no, just by the so. lighting, the, uh, the, the, the setting altogether. I think it's completely different. Yeah. And Aaron Taylor Johnson. The humor. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson is interesting. I like him a lot. You know, he's matured a lot as an actor too, starting from uh, his kick-ass days to where he is now. It's, it's interesting to see you know, where his career's gone, you know, especially being that twerpy kid to, and where he is now i think that's really impressive how about you john you excited for uh bullet train is that something you're interested in we like a good action movie like that we like a good throwdown I mean, it looks good i mean it's definitely one i'm gonna go out and see yeah you it's also an interesting it? yeah. it's also an interesting thing like it's done on like a train too yeah we don't I think like that's kind of like cool. a unique thing trains are awesome all right snowpiercer was an amazing movie highly underrated i have not watched the tv show don't know what I'm, you know, I can't comment on that. We're just talking about Snowpiercer, but that the setting of a train is so close and, you know, claustrophobic. Train yeah, Train to Busan, another fantastic movie. Trains are where it's at. I don't care. You want to put, put some action on a train. Let me have that. Uh, I think that's cool, though. I, I want to keep an eye on this movie. So this is something, you know, we'll, maybe we'll talk about a little bit down the road. I don't know if I'll go to theaters for it. Uh, 50-50 if nothing else is playing maybe I'll go check it out otherwise it might be more of an on-demand release but if you're into action I think you really should keep your eye on this movie I think you're going to have something good uh, check it out like I said Bullet Train one more movie uh, actually two more I'm sorry but then we're going to go into a big discussion I want to have um, Ambulance is a weird movie uh, I don't know now are any of you guys Michael Bay fans anyone here I don't know. maybe the I don't first know. Transformers the first Transformers. John, you're saying no? I'm going to go over there and smack you. I'm going to climb through this little window here. Nothing? <laughs> no. The Don't. Rock? No one likes The Rock? That's an amazing I'm movie. I'm done with That's Michael a Nick Bay Cage movie. Adam, crazy crap. Adam, you've seen The Rock, right? Have you seen that? Nope. All right. Adam, your homework assignment is to go watch The Rock that has Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage in a movie together. You can't tell me that's not the most amazing thing you've ever heard. I think it's on Amazon Prime, actually. Yeah, you're going to go watch that, and we're going to report next podcast about The Rock. We're going to talk okay. about it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think Michael Bay, you say what you want about the guy, all right? He knows how to shoot an action movie, in my opinion. You know, his other stuff is very, very questionable. His cinematography is questionable. Um, the Rock, like I said, one of my favorite action movies of all time. Also, I do like Pain and Gain a lot. I know that movie's like kind of weird as far as its factual statements and stuff like that i think that's a fun ride though as much as that can be for glorifying someone murdering someone i guess Ooh, controversial anyway ambulance i, I love jake gyllenhaal 
So I'm kind of excited for this movie. Uh, it looks like the trailer almost gave me an aneurysm at one point and a seizure at the same time. Uh, there's a lot going on, but it looks kind of interesting. Did anyone have any thoughts on it, really? Or was it kind of just like one of those ones that kind of, you know, don't really care about? Yeah, that's what I feel. And I feel like it's one of those movies where you're kind of just like, eh, it's, it's going to be out there. It's going to be in the theaters for a little while, and then it's going to go right to five dollar bins at walmart oh man a clearance bin movie <laughs> brutal. Right. how about you adam is you get clearance bin feels from this movie yeah it just seems like another action film um to me there are i don't know it, it's the trailer just makes it look very chaotic i think it's a especially bad with trailer. all the jump cut yeah there's yeah. a lot of jump cuts tons. i think it's a bad trailer but you know what the, the sad part is that might be the movie too so I I, yeah. I don't I don't want to say I just thought it was interesting you know I'm surprised Jake Gyllenhaal would do something like that for someone who's had such like a great run of movies recently uh, even his like quieter movies like where he plays the nine one one operator I don't know if anyone checked that one out that was on Netflix uh, again a really good standout performance and then he doesn't does something like Ambulance where they're I guess they're pretending to be EMTs and they're robbing a bank and. There's always some kind of family thing involved. And I think there was a sunset, you know, again, Michael Bayisms all around a, a hot girl for no apparently re- apparent reason, just in the movie. Uh, Julie hates Michael Bay. She's not really saying much, but she really hates everything. Michael Bay. I don't think you even like the first transformers. Do you? I like the first transformers. That's fine. Um, I like uh, he did bad boys, right? I like the first bad boys. Those you do like fun. bad boys. We don't talk. about. I do that. like them. They're fine. They're fun. Um, pain and gains tough. Um, you know, he makes comedy out of, you know, yeah, murders, controversial murders where you're like rooting for them when you shouldn't be. Um, they're really messed up people. Sh- we don't talk about that. They're really messed yeah, up people. Yeah. Um, that trailer was all over the place. And the fact that this movie comes out in like a week or two, and then this is the first I'm hearing and seeing of it, not a good sign. Um, I don't anticipate it being in theaters for long. Um, and we'll see. Like, I, again, like, I don't know. Are they pretending to be EMTs? But then it also looks like they kind of know what they're doing when they're trying to save people. Are they EMTs, but they're also robbing banks? I have no clue. Um, and I don't really care to find out. So I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. You know, maybe he's just trying to do whatever he can to, you know, get over that bad Taylor Swift press 10 years after the fact. Who knows? Um, I won't be going to see it. I know you won't be. I wasn't really surprised by that, but I think it's interesting. Sometimes we we talk about only good things a lot of the time on this, but we got to talk about some bad things. And I think when you're talking about a trailer, this is a good example of what a bad trailer looks like. If you really want to put it down. I mean, maybe it is representative of the movie that we're getting, but this is like, it's just a really bad trailer. Uh, Bullet Train had a phenomenal trailer, unbearable way to mass the talent. Regardless of how those movies turned out, I'll go back and say, damn that trailer really sold me on this movie ambulance i already forgot about it sorry you know i wish i could say i love jake gyllenhaal but i i'm probably not going to enjoy this movie maybe again i get netflix original vibes maybe not so much the five dollar bin at walmart but if it was on netflix maybe i'd check it out but i throwing good money at that movie even five dollars seems a little bit a little bit much at times but eh, whatever Last one I just want to talk about, and this is more for Julie, because uh, this was one that she brought to my attention. Uh, she read the book of this. It's called Where the Crawdads Sing. Do you want to just talk just a little bit about this and what you thought of it? And then I'll go around seeing what everyone else thought about it. Again, it's not the typical, you know, we, we got to change it up a little bit. We're always talking about action movies and superhero things yeah. and sci-fi. Uh, what, 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 what's going on, Julie? What's with this? Why should we pay attention to this? 
Well, the book, I really enjoyed the book. It was a book. You know, I'm a slow reader because I only read like maybe a chapter a night. I read this book pretty quickly. Um, I usually follow it's on Reese Witherspoon's book club, her book list. And she usually has really good books on there. So anytime I see that sticker, I do go out of my way to pick up the book. Um, and I really loved it. Um, the setting is just very, you know, you get engrossed in the setting, which is like the bayou down like Louisiana type area, um, you know, really deep characters. And then it, it turns into a murder mystery. I really don't want to go into the plot, but um, again, the main protagonist is someone called the Marsh Girl because she literally lives in the marsh by herself. And every time she's depicted, it's usually dirty. She's, you know, fishing. She's doing what she's got to do to survive. And then I watched the trailer, which I was so excited because I knew they were making a movie and it just looks too clean. Um, it, I definitely get some like lifetime movie vibe, TV movie vibe from it. Um, it's, it's a dark, gritty story, you know, not super dark, but you know, as dark as one of those books can be. Um, and it just looks too clean for me. I think it's going to be a little too cheesy. Um, the actress who's playing her, I actually really like, she was in the movie fresh. I thought she did a good job. I'm like, okay, like, I think that's good casting. But as far as the direction's going to go and the overall aesthetic of the film, I think it's going to be a little too, like, neat and tidy for me personally. Yeah, I got that vibe for sure. Uh, when you told me about this, when you, I remember when you were reading the book, actually, we had talked about it and you'd brought up the plot. I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting, actually, as far as a mystery. I didn't get that at all. Um, I know Adam was shaking his head, like, lifetime movie vibes. Is that what you were getting the whole time, pretty much? Yeah, uh, actually, it's funny that I didn't know it was a book okay. at, at the time. Right. Um, but when and after after I saw the trailer, I was like, "This reminds me of one of those like books you have to read in school, and then after you're done reading the book, <laughs> right? They show you the movie. Yeah, that's what I got from Ooh, it. That's a good one. I actually like that. I never Definitely crossed my mind. Yeah. That's pretty cool. How about John? John, you interested in that movie? Hell no, unless Jason Voorhees shows up. I don't care about this movie. <laughs> oh, Another man. lifetime crap I gotta watch. Oh my god. It seems like it, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, I'll probably, Julie's gonna want to check it out, so I think we'll check it out together, but, um, you know, if I didn't know about it ahead of time, again, another one where, and I also didn't get a vibe really at all what's going on. This is another example, I think, of another, like, not-so-well-cut trailer where I was kind of like, alright, well, like, you know, this is this girl, it looks like she lives in the swamp, maybe... Uh, something yeah, like I think that happened. Book, I think the book could have been, could be a lot better than like the movie is. Like, yeah, the movie makes it seem more like the drawn out process of it's just lifetimey. You know, it is. I mean, that, that really is like the best. It's just very lifetimey. And based on what Julie describes being the the actual story, you know, I I expected something a little different. And when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, this is the thing you were hyping up about. I don't know. It's interesting to see. It's I always like that comparison too, where you have a vision of something in your mind, and then when you see it brought to life on the screen, you're like, "Oh, that's that's not what I thought." Is that what disappointment feels like? <laughs> yeah, and this is tough. Like I feel like you know stuff I've been reading lately hasn't had like adaptations for the most part. So this is the first time in a while where like I had my vision in my head, and then seeing the trailer, I'm like, "Yeah, this doesn't line up quite right." So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, and ironically, there's a Taylor Swift song in this movie. That was like my biggest thing. Which really from bothers after, me. After Ambulance, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, man, you got to watch out. Oh, uh, yeah. It bothers me more so. And again, I'm not huge into either of these artists, but the song gives me such Lana Del Rey vibes. 
And when I found out it was Taylor Swift, I'm like, oh, she's kind of copying Lana, in my opinion, you know. Girl, you better watch yourself. You're going to get stepped yeah, on like by a, Taylor Swift. I feel like the song was from The Great Gatsby, to be honest. Right, which is Lana Del Rey. Exactly. Good movie, man. I exactly. Like movie. Whatever. Anyway. Enough about where the crawdads sing. Uh, maybe you guys want to check it out. Anyone who likes the Lifetime kind of aspects, you know, there might be something for them. I think most of us. Hey, are some of those them. Lifetime movies are hilarious. They they're so bad you can't stop watching them. Yeah, that's for you sure. know what, Adam? Maybe we're gonna have to address that at some point. We got the pool. Uh, I think a we Lifetime can put so down. You know what? They do like a couple of like events a year. We can maybe do something with that because they're they okay, they okay. hook you in so badly and this is a sidetrack there was one it was like on a mother's day event that they were doing and um lori laughlin from full house she was in this movie and it was just on the tv and me and my brother were like this is so stupid and then we sat down and we watched the whole movie and it was still very stupid but you know that's lifetime for you john is yeah very i've upset. got a couple favorites uh yeah a couple if you ever favorites. need them yeah, as long as you got them. All right, keep those back pocket, man. We're gonna we're gonna bring <laughs> those out soon. Favorites <laughs> on Lifetime. Hey, listen, you know what? We got something something for everybody, right? This is a channel where we let everybody in. We're very it really is. Hey, we're very inclusive. We want everybody in on this channel. We watch everything. What can we say? Speaking of everything, time travel, ladies and gentlemen, time travel is back on Netflix with the Adam Project. I know Adam is really excited. Sorry, it's not about you, Adam. I, I know you thought it was, but. Uh, my Sorry. movie's coming out eventually. Eventually. Well, we're working on it. We're trying to get the rights secured. We got we got a big budget going, you know. Um, it is what it is. Adam Project, <laughs> though. <laughs> Michael Bay produced. Yeah, Michael Bay produced. We'll put a sunset in there. Get some hot girl. You know, we, we, got, we got this. We got this. Don't worry. But the Adam Project, I saw pop up on Netflix. Now, whenever I see an original, like, Netflix movie, I get really nervous. I don't know about anybody else's, like, I don't know, right? I, I think there's, like, a stigma attached to it to some extent where it's like it's not going to be like the highest quality it's not going to be terrible it's going to be like maybe mediocre at best um the adam project i didn't really know anything about i saw there was like a trailer like maybe a few months ago it popped up and i was like all right that, that seemed kind of interesting ryan reynolds uh um coming into a show which i think is interesting uh we also have jennifer gardner mark ruffalo uh zoe salata so we, we have a big like cast of actors in this movie uh i checked it out I really liked it. I actually had a really good time with this movie, and I, I kind of didn't expect that. Uh, but before I go into my thoughts, I want to go around. Um, Adam, what were some of your thoughts on The Adam Project? <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it, too. I thought it was fun. I thought it was um, <clears throat> a unique take on <clears throat> excuse me the uh, like time travel. Right. I enjoyed that. I thought that um, you know just the execution of that was really well. I think the... Uh, the child in the movie, whose name I'm forgetting right now, he did a very good job uh, portraying the, I guess, the younger version of the Ryan, Ryan Reynolds uh, yeah, character. Yeah, uh, Walker Scobell. And this is his uh, first movie, actually, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, I, I think he did really well. As uh, He was probably, he stole the, uh, the show, uh, all the scenes that he was in, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he was the perfect young Ryan Reynolds. I think, mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think he did a really, especially for a kid actor, it's so hard to find like a legitimately good child actor. Um, yeah, really good, though. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. And I think, what did you think of um, some of the sci-fi stuff? Now, a big thing I saw with this is it borrows a lot from your cliche sci-fi movies. Um, right. Star Wars, there, there's a lightsaber in the movie. 
pretty much, you know, it's fine. Uh, a lot of time travel elements. Um, there's a movie, which is one of my favorite movies. I don't really talk about too much. Uh, the Last Starfighter. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that movie. No. Really, really old. Uh, I believe it's like late 70s, early 80s. Uh, really good film about this guy who gets like abducted on a mission. He's playing a video game and they take him. He It's actually like a simulation program for like this real space battle and he gets taken up. Uh, it's kind of similar, not the, the plot wise, but like some of the thematic wise and some of the imagery. I got like a really heavy like 80s nostalgia vibe from this movie. Did you get Absolutely. a lot of that? Like in, in a good way, in a good, good nostalgia yeah. way. Yeah. No, it, it definitely did not detract from it at all. I thought, I if anything, it it enhanced it. I really liked uh, all the the whole entire vibe of the movie. It was very fun. Yeah, and I like the idea, like that ET. Again, it borrows from a lot of movies, like the ET. Like he's hiding Adam, young right. Adam's hiding older Adam in like his shed, <laughs> so from his mom. Like you know, silly stuff like that. Those angles, I really do enjoy that. And the thematic elements, I think, are really strong. Uh, Julie, what did you what did you think of the Adam Project? Uh, are you a big Ryan Reynolds fan? We, we kind of here and there. Um, you told me I'm one thing that was funny about Ryan Reynolds. You showed. Oh me. yeah, um, I'm hot and cold with Ryan Reynolds. Um, I do think he's funny, but sometimes he's just a lot. Um, yeah, I did show Kevin. There was a TikTok that came up where this guy. It was like share a fact that once you know it, you can't unsee it. And the guy said essentially, Ryan Reynolds is constantly doing an Ace Ventura impression. But if Ace Ventura was a normal person. So the guy does an impression, an Ace Ventura impression, and then he says that same line the way Ryan Reynolds says it, and you can't unhear it once you do. Um, he just, I don't know, his delivery, he's always that same snarky, sarcastic character, which is fine. He does that character very well, but sometimes it's just annoying. Um, Did you think he brought anything different to this movie, or do you think it was just your typical Ryan I think, Reynolds? Um. I think he did bring a little bit more. I will say like as far as like the thematic elements go, I do like um, how it deals with grief, um, especially when you're looking at, you know, the older version of Adam versus, you know, who's had to carry this burden, carry this grief, you know, through his adult life um, versus the younger Adam who it's still very fresh and raw. And when they do encounter their father, Mark Ruffalo, you know, their understandings of different situations you know ryan reynolds holds more bitterness in his heart towards it where the younger version of adams more well no this is just what had to be um so i think it dealt with that very well and it was fun to see you know as much as you know the kid was like the perfect young ryan reynolds and then you see mark ruffalo which mark ruffalo he he's got a good range i think and it was funny to see you're like, oh, they're all very similar. You can understand how that, you know, that's the father and these are the sons. They have the same sense of humor. Um, I thought that was a really fun dynamic. Um, and I personally um, am a huge 13 going on 30 fan. So it was nice to see Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Gardner reunite as a romantic couple. We didn't, I think we only had one scene with them actually together. Um, but that was cute to see. Um, yeah, overall, it was a fun movie. Um, I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to because my initial view is uh, it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds again. So right. I did have more fun with the movie than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it's fun that 13 going on 30 factoids really funny that, that ended up happening. Um, I think this movie, 
I love the time travel aspect of it. I think it's really good that way. I mean, there are some inconsistencies with time travel movie doesn't, you know what I mean? I'm not going to harp on that. Uh, the sci-fi vibe, I, again, I really liked. I think the comedy works for the most part. Um, there's nothing like too outlandish. I mean, some of it's maybe a little more adult, but some of it will go over the kids' heads. So if you're watching this as a family film, I think it's okay. The big thing for me, which I, I really, I think it kind of touched me in like a weird way. I know that sounded bad, but hear me out here. Um, it really like that the grief aspect of it, I think, is really powerful. And it's not something I expected from this movie. The fact that we see, like, like Julie elegantly said, pretty much, that we have an older Ryan Reynolds, an older Adam dealing grief from his perspective and a younger version of himself dealing with the loss of his father from another perspective and seeing the two sides kind of conform together to form, you know, the an ultimate opinion where one consoles the other and vice versa. Uh, there's a scene towards the end of the movie. Now, I don't think this is a spoiler. The father dies at the beginning of the movie. We know that Mark Ruffalo's dead. And throughout the movie, you know, you see young Adam. He's, he's impacted by it, but not fully yet. And older Adam, played by Ryan Reynolds, is fully impacted by it. Like, we, we see what happened to his life afterwards, right? He's had some successes. He's had a lot of downtrodden. He's had a lot of problems because of this event. And it's interesting to see, like, from that younger perspective, like, young Adam's not blaming his father for everything that happened. He's just, he's lost his dad, right? He misses his dad. He feels that emotion. Older Adam's blaming his dad. You see that cycle, which I don't think is nearly represented enough in movies, where a typical time travel movie would be like, oh, I gotta go back in time and save my dad from dying. That's not what this movie's about. This movie is really about, as much as it is a comedy, it's a drama about just dealing with trauma, dealing with an event like that, and coming to terms with what your reality actually is. Uh, I think that's really deep, and it's not something I expected at all from this movie. I'm like, wow, that that's something totally different. Uh, John, what are, what are your thoughts on The Adam Project? Did you have a good time with it? Uh, would you recommend it to somebody? I mean, I thought it was overall a decent movie. I didn't think it... There wasn't any parts where I was like, oh my god, this movie needs to end or anything i thought it even like the comedic timing in it like the little jokes here back and forth then with like the bullies and then him going like older adam <laughs> saying he has to like take care of like this bully and stuff like he doesn't want to change anything that's going to happen but he's like this is just something i have to do for younger me to like stand up to this kid yeah, and it's again, and then, it adds to that, like, the understanding aspect of it, where, like, older Adam understands, like, there's some things that have to happen to me in order for me to, like, to, for it to, it's going to work out, but I have to have it happen a certain way. But younger Adam still doesn't understand that. So I, get, I like that dynamic it plays with. We don't see that typically, I don't think. No, and also I think it shows you, like, it almost, it has so many, like, underlying things that it kind of does well in this movie that tells you different things, like, when you get older, you look back on some of the things that gone that you go through in life, and you look at them completely different than when you're going through it. And it almost shows you like there's a lot of things that in life you're gonna have to get over and go through, and it's not all gonna just take you down. Like there's gonna be things you're gonna grow from and learn from. Like I thought it was also funny. Like the kid's so happy that when he grows older, he gets to be like muscular and strong, but then he kind of takes a dig at him. And he's like. Do I also skip like leg day and stuff? So I think like those little things also make. Oh, he's it, also like, like um, do I get stupider or something like that? Like, am I, like, like oh, I get, yeah. I, I look good, but I'm stupid now. He's like, well, I mean, I guess all this mental stuff went to my body because now I'm dumb. 
Yeah, no, it's true. It was a good movie, though. No, like, overall, yeah. definitely a decent movie. Yeah. The only weird part I thought was weird yeah. was the way that they parked, like, the well, how he parked his jet. Like, it seemed very weird, like, to just park it on top of trees. Like, there was, it was seemed like, I was like, okay, I guess that could happen, whatever. But, like, it just seemed very strange. John picking at uh, the Adam Project's logic of parking a jet. You gotta love it. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> the one thing he picks from the movie, the way he parked the jet. I didn't really like the way he parked the jet on top of the trees. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it, it's silly, right? I mean, there's a lot of that in this movie. But I think overall, it was just a really good time. Uh, I was not expecting to enjoy this. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a Sean Levy film. Uh, this is his second collaboration with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Adam, we talked about it in the previous episode. Um, you loved Free Guy. You actually thought that was a way better time, like I did. I enjoyed that as well. So this is their second collaboration. Do you think Sean Levy has like a good rapport with uh, um, Ryan Reynolds? Do you think? Like, yeah, no, I, I think, think he knows how to use him. I feel like in a movie. Yeah, I, I think they're working out quite well and i know they're supposed to be working on uh deadpool 3 together yeah, so get a little stabby per the trailer or they had like a poster that they put out had all three ryan reynolds on there so yes <laughs> yeah so uh i i have i keeps happening the same exact way where i'm like oh i don't know if i'm gonna like that movie and then it like exceeds my expectations yeah and it's interesting because again i don't think ryan reynolds did anything different in this movie uh, maybe I think he gave us a little more of a subtle emotional performance, but he still kept yes, his going a lot. So I like that. That, that. That's fine with me. You know, I know what mm -hmm. I'm getting, but I got something a little extra. But overall, if I had to give an Adam Project a score, I'm probably going to put it at a solid B+. Uh, I think it's a really good movie. Um, I had, again, the emotional stuff's really good, especially if you dive deep into it, which is something I'd love to talk about in the future. I think there's a lot there to talk about. Uh, my only negatives, really, I think... At times, it felt a little slow, especially towards the middle. There were some, like, downbeats, which is like a pacing thing. It was kind of like with Free Guy as well. I was, like, the same way. Uh, so, again, it's just a common... It's more of a critique than anything else. I, I don't think it hurts the movie. Uh, if you weren't looking for anything spectacular, I think this is a good time. Uh, also, some of the special effects are Netflix. You know, it's what you're going to get with the budget they had. Uh, the de-aging of one character in particular. Uh, you know, she... Um, it didn't look so great. Let's put it that way. It could have been better. But again, you're getting this Netflix movie, you know, you ha there's going to be limitations, but they did their best. They worked around like only a couple of scenes really were a couple of sceneries, really. It wasn't like a lot of settings. It was just like maybe three or four places in particular that they kind of kept the movie to. So he worked with what he had. You know, this director knows what he's doing. Uh, Sean Levy, I think there's a lot of things to come. Uh, John, where would you uh, give this movie for to give it a grade? I give this a solid B. I thought it was definitely a decent movie. Definitely one, like, I was shocked going into after watching it. I was very surprised. Okay, all right. Especially about, go ahead. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed it, John. Uh, Julie, how about you? Where are you laying with this movie? What do you think? Um, I guess I'll go with a B plus. Um, I think it hit the emotional beats, um, you know, harder than I was expecting. Um, and it was a good time. So, yeah, I'd give it a B plus. All right, very cool, very cool. And Adam, last last but not least, what do you give the Adam Project, Adam? It's got your name. Gonna, it better be good. Yeah, right. Oh, well, I'm going to give it a B plus, B, <laughs> B plus as well. Okay, all right, very cool, very cool. So, yeah. good, I think we all recommend it. I think if you guys get a chance, you should check out the Adam Project. It's definitely worth your time, especially with that Netflix subscription. Not watching anything else, I think that's something for you to see. Before we close, though, I want to ask something. We, we've talked a lot 
this whole episode about comic book movies, comic book adaptations. Wow, everyone's like shaking in their boots. Like, oh my God. I saw Adam like immediately. Oh no, no, everyone's tensing up. I want to ask you, we talked about Nicolas Cage and Ghost Rider, right? We talked about that. Um, What is your least favorite comic book portrayal of a character? What do you think was like the worst out of anything you've seen as far as like a comic book character? Who do you think had like the worst performance? Like wor- it's like the worst, like like let's just say if you for example, like Ghost Rider's not mine, but if you hated Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider, you thought that was the worst thing you've ever seen in your entire life. What movie, when you went to go see it, had a comic book character where you were like, That's not at all what I was looking for? Like that that's not not at all. Either it's the movie, the performance, we're talking about everything. What really let you down when you went to go see that movie? And everyone gets silent. So as always, Kevin has to go first. So really what it comes down to, and for me and anyone who knows me knows one of my favorite comic book characters ever was Hellboy, right? Everyone knows how much I love Hellboy and Ron Perlman's performance as Hellboy was the best performance of Hellboy that there ever could be on the entire planet. Hands down, hands down. It was the best for me. So, Come circa 2019, we decided to reboot the franchise. David Harbour, I like him a lot. He is a terrible Hellboy. He's a terrible Hellboy in a terrible movie. I couldn't even finish the movie. And there's very few times where I step away and I don't want to watch anything. Like I couldn't continue it. It was by far the worst. He was so uninterested, didn't care, disjointed. Just the movie is terrible. He's terrible. I can't tell you another time I think I was more let down by a comic book movie than that film. Uh, you know, again, I I know there were a lot of issues with that movie, which I'm not going to go all into. There were a lot of, like, him and the director were fighting, uh, the makeup he hated, the prosthetics, and all these issues. There's at times you can tell he didn't like the prosthetics because he didn't have them on half the time or they were applied wrong. That movie is a disaster and a half. How it even exists, I don't know. Um, beyond me, though, I can't think of a time I was more disappointed by a comic book portrayal. Uh, all right, who's who's next? Who's got a tribute? <laughs> I volunteer's tribute. All right, Adam's up. What do you got? <laughs> what disappointed you, Adam? The movie um, X Men Apocalypse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the movie as a whole is kind of disappointing. <laughs> but um, there was a few of the characters where I just feel like they just fell flat. And one of my all-time favorite uh, superheroes, which is Nightcrawler. Right. I was very excited that he was in the film. Very disappointed as to uh, what happened just transpired in that film with him. It was all very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I think everything about that movie is pretty terrible. Yes. Uh, the only... Th- I mean, it's, it's tough, too, because you had Oscar Isaac, where he's kind of... You know, he's rebounding now. He's Moon Knight, so we're, we're going to yes. be okay. But... Let's not forget who he actually was before that on his platform shoes, walking around <laughs> as friggin' apocalypse. That's that's something. Now, that was a, if you want to talk about this appointment, Oscar that Isaac. poor Oscar <laughs> Isaac being short. You know, <laughs> it's it's not even that. That movie is just bad on all accounts. Like you can tell, that was towards the. And it's funny because it got a sequel even after that. Like how did that happen? That we got Dark Phoenix after that movie? Because that's yeah, even, I, that's I, just I... as bad. Yes. Yeah. It's weird because I don't even I like repressed yeah. that movie yeah. somehow. 
because I always just go to Apocalypse. But yeah, I know it's very interesting that yeah, they were Dark able Phoenix, to. Yeah, Dark Phoenix, like it didn't happen. It didn't happen. You're like in the corner. Yes. It didn't happen. <laughs> yes. It's rough. No, I think that's up there. Like worst. And it's tough because it's like the performances themselves. Like I think some of them are okay for the most part. I think like um, Nicholas Holt is good as Beast. Um, yes. Michael Fassbender, as always, is going to be you know, a good Magneto. I don't think uh, James McAvoy, Charles Xavier, obviously like all those mm-hmm. people do their part. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Eh, love them. I don't know. She's interesting as mystique. I never liked the direction they took. So that, that's just me personally, but Evan Peters, as Julie mentioned so elegantly is a uh, Quicksilver. He's by far the best Quicksilver we ever got. I don't care what you say about the Avengers. That was not Quicksilver. I don't know. And it's like bad. the movie can be horrible, but when he steps onto the screen, and he does his slow-mo, save the day, incredible, every time. You wait for That us. is, like, the yeah. scene I will always, like, look up. Yeah. Yeah, that's and all I, I have to see from the movie. I never saw the Dark Phoenix movie, but apparently he gets, like, shot in the leg or something in the beginning, so he doesn't even get to do a scene mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah, so that's, I should tell you something right there. But, yeah, good pick, Adam. I, I have to admit, I think I'm up there with you on that as far as that. Uh, Julie, how about you? Was there one that really disappointed you? It's tough. Um, I don't know. Um, I feel like I don't have like super strong connections to a lot of characters that have been, you know, done dirty. Um, you know, I'm still bummed about Evan Peters in WandaVision, but that doesn't really count because his it part... does to an extent. It does. If you were disappointed, yeah. you know, I thought he was going to be Quicksilver, and then he was the whatever boner guy. Um, you know, but when we thought he was Quicksilver, he was good. Um, I don't know, I guess circling back to Dane Dehan again as the Green Goblin, you know, I think he could have had a lot of potential to be a really cool Green Goblin. And I don't know if it was just the vis- visual aesthetic that ruined it, um, but that was just kind of a shame overall. I mean, you know, we got to see Willem Dafoe, Don, you know, the gl- you know hop on the glider again this past December and there's no one better than him. So it's, it, you know it's tough to compete with him, but um, I just feel like, you know, not that he's as iconic as the Joker, but you have the green goblin and, you know, he just wasn't done to the standard I expected in the amazing Spider-Man film. Yeah. I I have to agree. I think that's something, you know, that that should be addressed. That was probably, it's sad that that was like one of the last green goblins we got. And then we had to bring back the original because no one else could do it better at that point. Uh, it's a shame. I think it was just mis- miscasting all around. There's a reason why Dane wasn't in the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, yeah. And they were afraid to mention him but, even too. But you know, I think he could have been okay. I really do think he could have. I think. It yeah, was, I agree. Yeah, I direction agree. and I don't know, but yeah, there's definitely a reason why he wasn't in it. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's easy. Like I always say, like that Fantastic Four might be like the worst portrayal I've ever seen in a comic book movie. I didn't watch that movie, the Fan Four Stick movie, but. You know, I it's it's one of those things. I'm just assuming it's really bad. Uh, there's a couple that I have up there, which you know maybe I'll talk about a little bit. Let's let's see what John's got though. John, what do you got? What's what, what disappointed you the most out of anything you've seen comic book movie wise? Well, we're gonna go to Batman and Robin. Wow. And Chris O'Donnell does Robin. What? Terrible job. <laughs> you didn't the like worst a Robin ever. Thirty year old Robin. Disappointed. <laughs> Robin's never made another appearance because he ruined Robin. It's you know I terrible. Always, it's it's you know it's funny you bring that up. Like Robin, it always gets such a bad rap, and I actually really like the Robin character, but we never. It's like it's like taboo to go into Robin. Like I think the studios are afraid 
to bring him because I feel like that's the death of Batman whenever he like even appears. in um the Christian Bale movies they have Joseph Gordon Levitt's being like the Robin. He's never officially Robin, but like that's what they're setting it up to be. And it's like why why are you picking like middle aged men to be Robin? Like yeah, no that that I mean that that, that sticks with you. Crystal Donald's Robin is like oof. But you know what? It's also one of those movies too. Now, John, I think you're gonna agree. When we were kids, that movie was awesome. Batman Forever was fantastic. You can't oh, say yeah, you didn't definitely. like it. It's just when we grew up, we realized, oh shit, what do we actually yeah. like? You fucked up, <laughs> yeah, fucked up Robin. Yeah, yeah I mean, pretty much. And Batman and Robin, oof, uh, oh. Batwoman, and at least she's getting a new new series, Batgirl. That's that's good. She'll be getting a new movie soon, so we'll see a little bit of redemption for Barbara Gordon there. It wasn't even Barbara Gordon, I don't think, in Batman and Robin. It was something else. I can't remember what her name was. She was related to Alfred. She was related to Alfred. Yeah. That was stupid. Why? why yeah, so we... she was Pennyworth. Yeah. Barbara Pennyworth. I'm surprised that, I mean, I never saw the movie. No one mentioned Halle Berry as Catwoman. Yeah, that hurts. But you know what? We've had enough good Catwomen to kind of like circumvent that. We had the best, we had a terrible, and then we had Zoe Kravitz, who I think did a really good job. One of my big ones, and I didn't mention this, which I got to mention it right before we wrap up, uh, Keanu Reeves as John Constantine. Uh, I love the John Constantine character. I don't know who's familiar with him, you know, as far as I am. I love Constantine. Keanu Reeves and I love him too, but that is a miscast beyond belief there. I don't know what they were thinking with that movie. Uh, tempting a kind of a British accent, but not really. And just, oh, that, that, that was a nightmare of a film to exist in the first place. I know it has some, some love out there. Uh, Shia LaBeouf's in that movie too. So, you know, that's a weird cast choice of Shia LaBeouf and Keanu Reeves. Ufa. But I think we all had some really interesting stuff. I, you know, it's, it's fun to see what, characters have lasted in our minds as far as what we've liked and what we didn't like i just thought it'd be interesting just to see you know what we what we didn't necessarily like but um anyway thank you all guys for joining us so much for this episode of the real guys live we love having you guys you know join us just to hear our thoughts and just talk nonsense about movies and everything you'd love and like uh anyway thank you guys for joining us my name's kevin this is the real guys signing out see you later bye bye peace if you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.